ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. What do you do when no one else is watching? What do you do that makes you happy for no reason at all? What are you obsessed with? I'm Leslie Arfin, and I'm a writer, but I'm also a dancer, a painter, a vapor, a dollhouse enthusiast, and basically just an overall hobbyist. My podcast, Filling the Void, is all about what other people are fanatically into. We talk about hobbies, even if you don't have one. Listen to Filling the Void on Tuesdays on the Erios Network. And subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com Hi, it's Dave here. This is my wife, Hello. Kathy. This is The Cinema, the podcast where we walk home from the movies. But today... We've decided not to walk home from the movies because we're going to watch it on Disney Plus because it's there. Line up a babysitter (laughs) and it's just there, and it's kind of time to watch Black Widow now. Um, So I'm not particularly excited for this, and I'm usually the the Marvel head of the group. You are definitely the Marvel. (laughs) You're the Marvel head of the group. Um, It's hard because like with movies like this that we are so kind of tuned into and like used to watching in cinema it feels like less of an event when it's on a streaming service but of course it actually isn't that's pandemic causing but that does kind of take away a bit of excitement and then secondly of course we've had a huge dose of marvel lately because we've been watching all the tv shows so yeah it's an interesting one and the trailer isn't great looking but that should make me more excited for this i'm not really i'm not excited for this for two reasons one it doesn't look particularly interesting three reasons two <laughs> two she's never really been that much of an interesting character to me personally um and uh, three it's a prequel um yeah, so that doesn't and four, really it was supposed to come out like last year in like april may yeah, so it feels no, it's been uh, in fairness of, all of those things conspire against excitement for it i'm not I'm, i wasn't into it then either i just feel like and I, i'm oh totally open and hopeful that i will be proven wrong but I don't feel like this is going to push... Like, we've got real momentum with WandaVision and Loki, and that feels like they really push things along. And I'm like, now I'm like, well, what's this is just going to be a bit, a bit standalone, maybe. But, well, like, I'm hoping it's going to be Keep open-minded, because yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually am looking forward to watching it, purely because I agree with everything you've said. But, like, people whose recommendations I really trust have said this is really good. Yeah, okay. So that's doing it for me, where, like, when I saw the trailer, that was was not a great trailer whatsoever it's also obviously been moved around because of the pandemic and and you know the way you said she's not really an interesting character that's a hard one because it's not that she's not interesting it's that she's never been written as anything she's been treated very poorly by the movies the character yeah she's so it's always like, part of an ensemble rather than being exactly focus. and as you say it's also a prequel which does take away a lot of impetus so there's, there's loads conspiring against it, but people I trust have recommended it, so I'm willing to pay £20 to watch it on Disney Plus yeah. and see how it goes. And we are kind of on a bit of a Marvel kick after, you know, just finishing Loki, which we really enjoyed. So, and I, if you and want, I want to, to watch it, it's a female director, it's a female lead. You know, it's like the second time in this ridiculous franchise's history that they've even had a female lead. So I want to support it and like it. And yeah, I, I'm sorry. For even though it suits us to watch it at home, I'm sorry for 
the movie that they haven't kind of got the cinematic release they would have liked to have. <laughs> I'm sorry that we are not executing the premise of our podcast anymore. <laughs> exactly. Just yeah. to walk home from the movies. <laughs> but hey, we're going to watch it at home at our leisure and then just walk around our neighbourhood. And talk about it. And talk about it out loud. It's actually great when you've been sitting down for a few hours and you like want to stretch your legs. It's a yeah. great way to talk about the movie you've just watched. Highly so we're, recommend. So we're going to go watch it and we will check back here uh, shortly. Okay, bye. Bye. Who you are. We have to go back to where it all started. Where did you think I was all this time? We have unfinished business. My girls are the toughest girls in the world. I'm sorry. We had our orders and we played our roles. It wasn't real. It was real to me. To me? You were everything. Bring her home. Put your seatbelts on. She's such a mom. Hi, we're back. We saw uh, Black Widow. Hello. And uh, if it's your first time at the cinema, there will be no spoilers here uh, until we get to Spoiler Street, at which stage we will be spoiling not just this movie, but every preceding MCU movie, right? So if you haven't seen any of the <laughs> other Marvel movies, presume we might at any stage reference something yeah. that happened in them, right? Fair warning. Particularly Endgame, I would say. Yeah. Um, but yeah, oh my God. Actually, sorry. What? Right now, before we get to Spoiler Street for Black Widow, we let's let's set the carpet for we might spoil previous movies at this stage. Yeah, I think that's fair game. Yeah. Fair so game. no spoilers right now for Black Widow, but spoilers for all other MCU and spoilers movies. for and us. TV shows. You got to say that now. So, oh my TV god, shows. there's a lot of fine print in this. Episode. Spoilers for anything in the MCU, but also spoiler for us because we were like, yeah, we turned it on last night and said, oh, we're gonna probably watch it over two nights because we're not that bothered and we're a bit tired. Holy smokes! Yeah, we, we watched holy the smokes, whole thing. Batman. I'm sorry. What? When do you say? When did you start saying holy smokes? When this movie turned out to be brilliant, <laughs> it was so funny. Jiminy Jillikers, was it good? It was so not what I was expecting. It was. It was great. Yeah, I'm great. with you. Great. It was really funny. It was a real banger. Which I wasn't expecting from like like this very poor face character I wasn't expecting the movie to be so humorous I thought the plot was really interesting like I wasn't expecting the story at all to be honest um, where it was set in terms of lining up with other Avengers movies fine didn't matter to me um, but they did it in a relatively interesting way I think they probably did it at the best point when they could have we'll get to that on Spoiler Street and yeah that surprised me yeah I just it was so funny and I just said to Dave like I'm loving this and actually do you know what was interesting about it and, and actually in part because of when it was set I guess it was just completely self-contained and that's why I'm kind of reluctant to spoil too much for anyone because I feel like if you've no interest in MCU or you've half an interest and you've seen some of the movies actually it won't matter at yeah, all yeah you could totally jump in doesn't matter if you've and seen the movies before this after this it actually I would recommend like to show it to someone who hasn't seen an Avengers movie at all and who just likes spy thrillers but actually I I, um, I gotta say I think what you're describing applies to most of the standalone Marvel movies that you could actually for the most part if you take away the big team up ones 
then you could absolutely say, yeah, watch Guardians of the Galaxy. You yeah, don't need to have seen sure. any of the things. Watch Ant-Man. You don't need to see... But no. a lot of them, I think you might need to have an interest in comic book stuff, but this one isn't really a comic book movie. It's like a spy movie. Yeah, and that's, what, that's why Marvel, as uh, Marvel's cinematic universe, is so interesting, because they... Have they? They go. They they pick genres for characters, and yeah. then they like if my dad, like that. who was ne- who will have never seen any of those movies, I would say to him, you'd like this. There's actually a bit of a yeah, spy thriller. It's an action sci-fi. Yeah, and, and it, that's what's so. It's not. It's not action sci-fi. It's action spy. But but it sits alongside in the same universe where there's a rocket raccoon and a tree person from space, and that's a sci-fi action movie, and they somehow. Are able to exist in the, in the same screen at times. Yeah. So that, that's what that's what for me is one of the most impressive feats that they got away with is is pulling all that together somehow. And like the cast without undermining anything. Like the fact that there are aliens and space things never seems to undermine the the grounded reality of this movie. Well, like, it, but it can't undermine it if this is standalone. Yeah, exactly. Because they don't, they, but they don't really reference it. But they, but there is there. They exist. I just think the know? best, like the best thing about this movie for me was actually the cast. Yeah, the cast is excellent. And the dialogue. So sorry, we're going through a gate, and Kathy's far away. <laughs> I'm pushing a buggy. Um, the dialogue the was so funny, and the cast was so like the cast was great, and they had brilliant chemistry. So you've obviously got Scarlett Johansson, who's like a very strong leading lady, right? Yeah. She doesn't do anything in this movie that she hasn't really done in the others, and I don't mean that as a criticism. She just she's very well, consistent, that's consistent to her character. Yeah, yeah. she's uh, she's a very accomplished actress. Then you've got Florence Pugh, who is unbelievable. Florence Pugh. Oh my God, what an addition <laughs> to the. Marvel Cinematic Universe. Like, this they, was a Florence Pugh origin story. That's they, actually what it turned out to be. Exactly, and they got her on the the rise of her. She's at like oh, she's almost peaking now. Like she's incredible, amazing actress. She manages. She's to be, so good in this. She's so good, and what I really liked about her and Scarlett Johansson on screen together is that like Florence Pugh is like a shining Pugh. star. Right? Sorry, Florence Pugh is like a shining star. She's unbelievable, and like like Scarlett Johansson's a movie star. Right? With unbelievable screen presence. And like they just perfectly comp- like neither overshadowed each other, which I think is a really yeah. hard job when you've got two people who are so good. Like they like completely matched each other on screen. See, see the Rock and Vin Diesel, <laughs> and then <laughs> unable <laughs> to share the same screen. And then you <laughs> had David Arbour and Rachel Weisz, who were just like amazing. They're I mean, wonderful. I love watching David Arbour, but I know ne- I've never seen her. Harper. So sorry, David. Sorry, I'm just going to correct you on everyone's name. I mean, thank you. I'm <laughs> terrible at names. And Rachel Weisz, I've never seen her like be quite funny like this. I don't think. I have. I would put her in like if you think of the Mummy movies. You know, can't say I remember them. She, she's certainly very capable of uh, slots right into a comedy action. She is so role. good in this, and David Harbour is so fuck. The scenes oh, with steals, any of those he's guys. He's a scene stealer in this. In he this. does steal steal scenes, but there's one scene where him and Rachel Vice are kind of ribbing off each other, and like, oh my god, I would watch a whole movie about those two characters. Yeah. So, so abs- I'm t- I'm totally with you. This unit of this four characters. Who it's this isn't a spoiler because it's in the trailer. They are essentially a family unit. They are they are core. They're the core part of this movie, and it really works. You start the movie with them and you finish it with them, and um, it's the the they play that dynamic. They wring absolutely every bit of comedy they can from that dynamic, but and also it's, quite it's surprising where, dynamic it's where the as emotion well. comes from as well. And there yeah. is a surprising amount of emotion related to that dynamic. So I it's, was it's, really moved. Like there was a scene with Charlie John- Scarlett Johansson and Florence Pugh, and I was really crying at it. Like, and I very much always connect with like, stories get, about we, sisters because I have lots of sisters. But I felt like re- I felt like 
these two felt like real sisters to me and I just thought they're they were amazing I, well, let, I think we should get to spoilers quickly but before we do maybe let's just wrap up our total thoughts on this movie because I'm with you I thought this was a real surprise um and it's hard to get surprised by the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's really when, surprising. When, when I think they have really refined a template for their movies. Um, and I think um, th- this past year, or six months, or however long they've been releasing stuff again, I've been really energised by their TV output for the most part. And this movie now, I'm like excited for the future of Marvel stuff on screen. And I've been consistently surprised by One Division, Loki, and now this. So I'm like, I feel like they're not a company that's resting on their laurels when it comes to no. their their output. I've been really impressed, um, and I and I just just like this movie was just fun, engaging, exciting. I've was cared about the characters. All as you say, all the new characters felt like I would 100% watch more stuff with them which we likely are going to see them again no doubt I mean of course we are it's the Marvel Universe they'll never go away now that we've met them big win for me and as you say big recommend to anyone who doesn't know anything about these movies it's it's accessible yeah it really is and um, okay let's get to spoiler street so spoilers now for Black Widow and and all the Marvel stuff and every Marvel thing that's ever existed on (laughs) the face of the planet um, so what I'm really interested about this is so it was set whatever so, yeah, it's, set, when's be- it's it set? set between Civil War and Infinity War right so it's when Scarlett Johansson and Captain America and everybody who wouldn't sign the Sokovia Accords went on the run from the government and what I really liked about that is because I actually thought like oh god it's going to be set before she's ever even in the Avengers Same. I, and I thought that would be too much of a retrofit like you've missed your moment to make that movie yeah I thought that was really interesting yeah so I think that was really interesting and Cause, then because also sorry when they when they the opening credits really surprising opening credits relating to like human, really human trafficking and very yeah. grim very unexpected for this very colourful universe but the you know they, they scored that to a, a cover of Smells Like Teen Spirit Nirvana and I just thought right well and, and it starts with a flashback in the in like the ni- 1990 I think so I just assumed we're going to be in the 90s yeah, but actually I guess that doesn't stack up because I, I thought she'd be maybe in her like early 20s early part of her career you know something like that I mean they can do that they can CGI anyone yeah. now but no the setting was really interesting and it it may be slightly more forgiving about when they made it when they set it but I also found it really odd because like again spoilers for Avengers Endgame but she obviously dies at the end of Endgame which has just made me fundamentally less interested in her as a character for whatever reason narratively like it just isn't that interesting watching a movie about a character that I already know has Agreed. died and has never really been interesting but then of course as I said before Spoiler Street is this is actually the Florence Pugh origin story yeah, and, then and it- in a way it bugs me because it's like you know that trope where like women in movies only serve to further the plot of a man like say a woman she's a murder victim and then she triggers this thing in a man and then he goes on a vengeance yeah. quest whatever it's called, it's called fridging or something there's a phrase for it isn't there's it? a phrase yeah, and yeah, I can't yeah. remember what the phrase is but it's almost like they gave Scarlett Johansson a whole movie where they fridged her or whatever the word is so that it could be Florence Pugh's movie but it also it's like what because the end credit thing is like Florence Pugh's gonna go extract revenge on Hawkeye a Hawkeye which is like boring but anyway I mean, yeah that's a silly because clearly that's gonna be resolved in five minutes of course but at uh, the same time it's it's like okay but could we not have like existed in a world where both Florence Pugh 
and Scarlett Johansson were stars in the cinematic universe. It's like, no, we had to kill off one of the women before you could have another one. I mean, they, like, that, to be fair, they've got pretty similar skill sets. You can't, yeah, you can't but, really have both. It'd be a bit. But yes, you, of course you could have both. Uh, sure, fine. Are but, you saying all the other guys don't have the same skill sets? No, you've got the Avril guy, you've got the green guy, you got the like, hammer guy. Of course guy. you could have, but totally anyway, different. anyway. That's like my one gripe about it, but other than that, like, and, the, and then just watching the whole movie, all the stuff, like the Americans kind of spy vibe stuff, absolutely loved. I loved that moment when, like, we saw them all as a family unit initially, and we got that it was, like, the Americans kind of thing, but, like, I actually thought they were sisters and I thought the couple were a couple and then yes. it's like they get to Russia or wherever and David Harbour just like dismisses the girls off to like this slave camp very surprising so his whole character was a surprise it was really I, I, I don't know well I, I didn't really have much expectations about it but the, this the idea of him as this oh he's so brilliantly written and, and portrayed this uh, narcissistic sort of um a superhero who who Soviet superhero who lived in the shadow of Captain America which is interesting this it's like this uh, he was playing at his own sort of cold war with Captain America um on, uh, as as these countries played it out on the global stage but the, the, but he, this this guy who's like past it was betrayed by his country is like you know he's obsessed with the glory days but it's also just this like terrible father trying to be a good father and, and getting it wrong like, we it's just presumed he was a nice dad because of that one scene where it looked like he was trying to he was like a good dad to the girls but in yeah. fact he's just trying to get the whole unit out of their mission they, they perfectly um, played with our expectations in that opening scene and then deconstructed it throughout the movie and it's like, really dark that they like basically we learn that once the girls are taken away from this family unit we also learn that Scarlett Johansson knew it was fake when she was a kid which is really dark and they all their photos were faked by her and everything but Florence Pugh thought it was real which is really heartbreaking yes, twisted. but then we learn that these girls are basically sent to like this camp and we sort of knew a bit about Scarlett Johansson's background but like they're both trained in different ways like Florence Pugh through brainwashing Scarlett Johansson through like both of them being physically tortured I'm sure and then they just say that like they've had their wombs removed we like got mm. like it's it's really dark what happened to these girls and yeah it, it's amazing that they managed to kind of get that in this movie while also maintaining the tone they did it's a real masterclass in tone and I can't remember the director's name but she's brilliant I thought she, like, she was really incredible and like this is obviously the first Marvel movie she's directed and I think yeah real, like again they've found a brilliant director and the tone is such a difficult thing to strike here and they just really managed it and like the scenes then with the two girls together or the two women were like I said earlier like really moving and like there's a scene where the two of them are in having a beer together basically and just talking and yeah I find it really moving and I just think that like what I loved about the end of that scene is then they're both watching this dude who's like doing something with his car and they've both actually been clocking him the whole time as to like where he put the car key so they I, like can nick it I really yeah I really thought the movie really handled well the concept that these two are equals in yeah. every way so they have had the exact same training they've had the exact same background however they had a different Perception because of their age on that background, so that they've got kind of they're at different emotional levels, but that they they portrayed that so beautifully in the way in all of the fight scenes where their fight moves were identical. It was yeah. like a mirror fighting a mirror, and they were kind of unable to land blows on each other, which is it's, it's, it's and and just as you said, that's illustrative. Of, they both have the same idea of stealing the thing. It's just like that conditioning has created this kind of the same 
person but on a different emotional wavelength and, and it, it also was showed it was much easier to uncondition Florence Pugh because she just needed like a huff of this magic red powder and she was grand again whereas Scarlett Johansson I think took her a lot longer to be a goodie if I vaguely recall what she did in the other movies but then it was quite dark because we learned that Scarlett Johansson had basically seemingly murdered a young girl to get extract um, vengeance on Ray Winston, the big bad guy in this movie. And all of this is alluded to in the first Avengers movie, by the way. I think they even name the the daughter. Oh, really? Yeah, and the blood in the ledger is a, a line that's referenced by David Harbour here. That's something that Loki says to her. You've got a lot of red in your ledger. Oh, okay. See, I don't actually remember... I have to say, I don't remember the first Avengers movie at all. Yeah, and I don't remember any, really any early They had a lot there. of really good callbacks uh, in here, which kind of made it very consistent, which I liked. Let's talk a bit about the... Um, the villain because um, I think this this movie actually the movie's very like uh, The Winter Soldier which you didn't really like no. at the time which is interesting to me because they're actually very similar you've got characters on the run there's a masked person who's somebody from their past it so were they out. said at the same time? And we were no this is said after that oh. but that we were we were and, and, and then it, it's got some secret guy in a in a in an air tower controlling everything, and there's but a is mask it Ray reveal. Winston controlling you by his pheromones? I thought Ray Winston was pretty um, unremarkable yeah, in this. Fine. He he's was just pretty like, one note. Yeah. Um, he's just playing a bad guy. Considering that's certain, always the problem with these movies, though, they never have great bad guys. Certainly, one of the least interesting villains, I would say. Um, although he's he is quite I mean Ray Winston's a good actor and he was quite menacing certainly in that last scene oh I thought he was really threatening he was threatening yeah. but not particularly interesting as a villain in terms of his motivations or you know or so I, I was but a little what underwhelmed what he does is so that. dark that I think like I still think he's one of the better villains I've seen in this movie like I was intimidated and repulsed by him yeah and he was sinister yeah certainly what he did like the what fact that it was his daughter. own daughter is yeah. pretty awful he turned I mean, her into like a basically a kind of super villain who can mirror any fights that like anyone in the Avengers can do and it was really moving when after Scarlett Johansson severed her nerve and couldn't smell him anymore which made no sense because I was like could you not just put your fingers over your <laughs> know, nose right? then like, just what? like what's going on a couple things up there man I just I kind of enjoyed that she was like baiting him to hit her and we didn't quite know what was going on and then we figured it out and like oh yeah by the way sorry but there was an actual face off scene with her and Rachel Vice as well that we haven't even mentioned yeah, which, which she, did, she did in the Winter Soldier as well oh right okay I don't yeah, remember yeah. that so I was like what is this for a second it turned into like a bit of a Mission Impossible but yeah I really liked at the very end scene when she went back and kind of like rescued Ray Winston's daughter and like put the red smoke and made her whatever and then she said all she said is is he gone or something and it was really yeah. sad it was like she's been tortured and controlled by her dad her whole life as well so I really enjoyed the kind of women rescuing women element of it as well it was just the, at the very end the big fights on some of the like, it gets a bit. It gets a bit marvelly. It gets a bit marvelly yeah. at the end, yeah. For and sure. again, I think it's a shame we didn't see it in the cinema because I think those scenes would do better in a cinema. Like, because yeah. we saw Fast and the Furious a few weeks ago in the cinema, and actually would have probably rather swapped them around. I think this is a better big screen movie. Yeah. Although Fast and the Furious look good up it there, it looked good, well. but it, it's not this kind of quality level though. Yeah. So I would have liked to see this in the big screen, but because it's such a small story, which I love, like it still works at home like what often bothers me about the Marvel movies it's like always like the end of the world and I think by virtue of when this is set and we know kind of what happens after it 
they could have never made it an end of the world movie so it's nice that it was just about stopping this one yeah. awful man albeit they were like he has women everywhere all over the world doing no, this you're, work you're right the stakes <laughs> you're right they are still quite global <laughs> they try to make them quite global right at but the actually, end in like one scene she me, presses a button and sees women everywhere for me this, I know right <laughs> for me that was kind of not why the stakes worked the stakes worked because they were personal yeah right they were personal to uh, Natasha and and her sister, uh, Florence Pugh's character, I can't remember her name, but they, they, that's why it worked, because it had revenge involved. Um, anyway, yeah, it's absolutely joyous. I was, I was thinking, right, I, one thing that really tickled me, and we haven't looked up um, all the fan theories on the internet, and I'm sure this has been mulled over a hundred thousand times already, but there was an interesting tidbit where uh, David Harbour's character, the Red Guardian, is in prison, and he's... Um, <laughs> He's like uh, showboating and talking about the time he fought Captain America in the um, in the eighties, and um, he's kind of called uh, called on by someone he's arm wrestling. who says like that's bullshit. Captain America was frozen then, but I, that that's been running around in my head since we watched it, and I feel like that's deliberate. I think I don't think he made that up. I think he did fight Captain America in the 80s and I think that's a story for another time. And my head's going like 90 on that because there must have been another Captain America around during okay, that period because he had such detailed description of their fight and he also didn't strike me as a liar. He just, right, just struck me as somebody who was narcissistic and hyperbolic. But I don't think he would just make up that he fought Captain America because the other thing he said was to Natasha was does he ask about me? He seemed really interested. Like, if he was lying about ever having yeah. met Captain America, he wouldn't ask He wouldn't ask that. So he... It's interesting on the Captain America Who was the active stuff. Captain America in the 80s? I then? Was, he... it, was it the... the <laughs> you know, because we met another... So we can spoil this. We met another super soldier in Falcon and the Winter Soldier. There was the, the first black Captain America. I don't think it would have been prison. him because he just said he never he got to old, be. He was so. just tortured. But it's interesting you bring that up because I had a different thought, which was... You, so we've done a full uh, review of like the Marvel TV stuff over in our Patreon but with with Captain America and the Winter Soldier whatever it was called they meet Julia Louise Dreyfus in that show yeah but then she shows up in the post credit scene she was supposed to show up in this first that's what I was thinking yeah, if this yeah. was supposed to be out last summer I would have I would have liked to have met her first in an end credit scene because she's such an iconic actress and not known more about her it was slightly less interesting to me having because I really yeah, didn't true. rate Falcon and the Winter Soldier it was less interesting for me that we've like already seen her in that but what's funny because when we were talking about um, Loki for our Patreon and I was saying that like I'm slightly confused by like what they're calling the next wave of Marvel movies where they begin and end phase four like I what think phase this is, is this, this is it this is phase four but how can this be phase four if this is set in like phase two Oh, I don't know. Don't get caught up in that. I am caught the up in it. The phases are more. They don't, phases are, don't relate to when they're set because you've got Captain Marvel was set in the nineties. Again, they're, they're actually and and you had Captain America: The First Avenger, which was set in the forties. But this it's is actually, like lining up Florence Pugh in some sort of action revenge plot in the next movie alongside that kind of bad Captain America from Winter Soldier, right? Yeah, if you think of it, like, think of the phases as... Yeah, that's exactly what it's doing. The phases are kind of like a group of... Think of them as seasons of TV shows. So they're a group of movies, and now TV shows, that kind of are telling one story on a big level. But they're story beats. So, like, the last phase three would have wrapped up 
the Infinity Saga, so Thanos and all that. Which Isn't it really out. interesting that, like, we were both, I mean, me more than you, but we were totally burned out on Avengers, all of it last year. And because of WandaVision, Loki, and now this, we're, like, actually pumped again? Yeah. It's quite cool. I know you've already talked about it, but... Oh, I think it's great. I can't I'm believe like, I'm, I'm interested. Like, I can't believe how different this movie was and what I thought it was going to be. And that is it really interesting. Like, I wonder if they deliberately did that in the trailer or if they thought that people would find their kind of generic action trailer more interesting. I think they're also very careful with their trailers as to what they reveal. You know, there was quite, uh, there was quite a lot in this movie that I just didn't know about, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, really different. Like, the, the trailer made it look really shit if I'm being honest if I know the trailer look I'm, I'm really interested in that how William Hurt managed to get the one of the with credits with William Hurt <laughs> he's in one scene he's in like 30 seconds of this movie he, like, or he actor, shows up at the end if I was an actor I would 100% want to be in this universe because you never know when you're going to get that call like yeah, the I woman know, from right? Thor who got to end up being like the star of WandaVision like wow when she got that phone call she must have been like sure completely forgotten yeah, about that role that's exactly it but we and, better go and Paul, Paul Bettany is a great example of someone who was just a voice <laughs> for a couple of movies who just, she did as a favour and look where, look where that led to um, but listen we better wrap up yeah. thank you everyone for listening please let us know what you thought of it um, I actually know a lot of you have said you haven't even watched it yet so yeah, go please, watch it go watch it if yeah, you haven't it's really um, good let us know what you thought on Twitter Facebook or Instagram we're at the cinema we'd love if you could follow us and chat to us over there and of course we're on patreon.com forward slash cinema where we do all our tv chats including the fact that we just did a huge big loki spoiler special yep and we just watched boys in the hood and you can vote on our next uh, retro movie watch which is going to be journalism movies yeah exciting so head over there uh, and you can email us the at gmail.com thanks guys bye, bye. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. I'm Jesse Cruikshank, and I've always been told I have a face for podcasting. So I launched a podcast. It's called Phone a Friend because each week I'll break down the biggest stories in pop culture. But when I have questions, I get to phone a friend. I'll phone a royal watcher to find out why Prince Harry is acting like a real housewife. I'll phone a tween to please explain euphoria. And maybe I'll even phone a Backstreet Boy to find out if I still have a chance. I don't? Okay. New episodes drop every Thursday wherever you get your podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com Hi, my name is Kay Adams, and to be honest, I'm not so good with the ageing process, so I enlisted my old chum, the filter-free Cara McKenzie, to advise. Could you imagine being a porn star? The room would need to be really hot for me to strip <laughs> off. To be honest, she's not much help, but she is rather amusing. And along with some great guests, Joe Brand, Andy Oliver, Anton Dubeck, Ruth Langsford, and Craig Revel Horwood, darling, we are learning how to be 60. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.